Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, this is Sandy. I am a dating and love coach at lastfirstdate.com, and I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are a featured show here at Blog Talk Radio, and we talk about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships. Every single week, I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships, especially after 40. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Rhoda Summer about relationship survival, how to have those hard conversations when um, when you're in a relationship and the conversations that we avoid the most. So I'm really excited about this topic and about speaking to Rhoda in just a few minutes. As a dating coach for women over 40, I absolutely love helping women learn to honor and value themselves more. And when they do, they live their best lives and they attract their best partners because I truly believe that our self-esteem, our self-worth, is in direct correlation to the relationships that we attract into our lives. And the more we love ourselves and take care of ourselves and learn to speak up, which we're going to talk about today, the healthier our relationships are and the higher value our relationships are. We're going to attract our best partners, not crumbs of attention from people who don't give us the proper the proper attention but you know, or who value us enough. Um, So it's my mission to help women all over the world become women of value by letting go of the past and releasing their unconscious behaviors that sabotage all of their relationships. And I also help them become more confident and learn to trust their intuition, which is such a brilliant part of who they are, so they can comfortably open up their hearts, they can be more vulnerable and create deeper and more meaningful connections. Um, And I also love helping women understand men better. And I was at a dinner last night with some friends, and they were all pretty much young couples. And we were just talking about the differences between men and women. And one couple in particular was saying that she really didn't understand her husband, and he didn't really understand her in the beginning of their marriage. And they had a lot of misunderstandings, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, um, how to navigate those conversations. and But they now really get each other and they understand the differences so that they can communicate in a much more effective way. So I'm going to be sharing a tip a week about how to become a woman of value. And this week's tip is to clearly and graciously express your feelings and needs because no one can read your mind. And we may talk about that with Rhoda Um <laughs> So if you do want to become a woman of value who attracts her best partner, I invite you to head over to lastfirstdate.com and sign up for my free guide, which is the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around to find lasting love. Stop sabotaging your love life and start taking back your control by being a true woman of value. Now I'd like to introduce our guest, Rhoda Summer. She has been a psychotherapist for more than 40 years. She teaches couples work to other therapists at the University of Pittsburgh, and she has blogged for seven years at Relationship Realities, 
and hosts the podcast, What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't Know. Welcome to the show, Rhoda. Hi. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, My pleasure. This is one of my favorite topics because I do teach communication skills and I have a course on it about how to talk to men so men will listen and listen so men will talk. Um, I just think that we need to learn how to talk, especially about the hard things because people tend to put a sock in it. Um, So what do you see couples doing that um, gets in the way of having these conversations? Like why, why do they avoid them? Well, I think one thing is it's really almost a cultural epidemic to avoid and deflect. That's why there's ghosting and why people text I love you instead of saying it out loud to the person. I think people have tremendous anxiety about these things, and so avoiding becomes second nature like Peter Pan's shadow, you know, really not wanting to rock the boat because I want to keep seeing you and I don't know what's really going on. And I honestly believe that probably the first thing that people need to do is to stop pretending that things are okay that aren't okay. Um, First we lie to our parents, then we lie to ourselves. And I think one of the things that we spend a lot of time lying to ourselves is For example, in my experience professionally, a lot of, uh, particularly women, we're not having sex, but it's okay um, in in a marriage because, you know, people start being so interested in sex. Um, we are having money issues, and I don't really want to talk about it. So I think that pretending things that are okay and rationalizing those things is the beginning of creating problems of trust in the relationship and being able to move into those conversations um, is the beginning of true infrastructure for trust in my mind. Hmm. You said a lot of important things. So the, the whole ghosting trend, which is actually going to be my new my new free guide on my website is going to be about the 10 reasons that men pull away or disappear um, because this is such a common issue in dating. And um, I have to say that I, I just recently connected with a man who who hates the fact that people don't write back in online dating. You know, it's just yes. become common, common courtesy to be discourteous. And um, so he he actually wrote me back within 24 hours like you know why do people not you know why aren't people kind anymore and why can't you write me back and you know so on the one hand yes we all should be kind and courteous on the other hand because of the culture in online dating it's actually often not a good idea to write back because people get mad um, if you write back and say I'm not interested in you so um, yes, it, you know, there's something about the not being able to handle that authentic message. You know, I don't feel the click is one of the ways I've tried to help my dating women and men 
think about being able to respond in some way, even when after a first date, about scheduling a second date. Um, Mm -hmm. Being able to be authentic is not valued enough in our culture, and so it becomes hurtful. Why would you say that? Well, you know, and I I say to people, you don't click with everybody. You don't love everybody, and Mm -hmm. it's an ordinary thing. It's not an extraordinary thing to respond and tell the truth with some measure of authenticity. Um, and I think you can do it in a kind way. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling that click. Um, so thanks very much. Appreciated the evening. Let me pay my mm-hmm. share of the tab. Hmm. I'm not a big believer in paying your share of the tab if you didn't have a good time. But we can agree oh, to meant, disagree well, on I that one. Well, I just meant if it's a first date and you're not feeling the click, I, I think it's mm-hmm. fine to do that. But we can differ about that. That's all right with yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, dating is not a it's it's not a transaction. I mean, that's why I have an issue with that because it's it's not like he paid for dinner, so now we, you know, now you'll sleep with him um, because that's what no, a I lot of people misunderstand. That, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not saying um, that, yeah. Yeah, no, I I know you're not saying that exactly, but I do think that um, it's nice to also receive, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, so let's let's get to, and I love the way that you just simply said, you know, it's not a we're not clicking, you know, it's not yeah. a good match for me, you know, and and it's really about taking responsibility for what works for you and what doesn't work for you, and not making the other person wrong. Um, the problem is that we often don't grow up with these skills of how to be kind and truthful. That's true. um, Absolutely true. And I I think one of the ways to grow yourself up a little bit is to be able, you know, my definition of growing up is honestly facing painful situations. So being Mm -hmm. able to find the courage, I think, to face uncertainty you know, everybody likes certainty. We are, Many people have anxiety and therefore control issues and want things to turn out a certain way or a scripted way. And it's, it's about facing uncertainty. I don't know what will happen if we have a real dialogue. I don't know where the conversation will go. But if we have two parallel monologues, that's okay with me because that's more the norm and we're not going to change anybody's opinion and we're still both just kind of talking to each other. And I think Mm -hmm. being able to have the courage to face uncertainty in a true dialogue, you don't know how it's going to turn out, you don't know where it's going to go, and letting that authentic conversation happen I think is gold. It's a gold mine, mm-hmm. um, and you have to kind of think of it that way instead of thinking of, I don't know where it's going to go. This is scary. Yeah, and we make up stuff. We make up so yeah. much stuff. And so I, I got off the phone with a client this morning who had an issue with a friend of hers who's also a client, and she usually gets back right away to her, and she hadn't heard back. So she made up in her mind that this woman – Um, doesn't want to work with her anymore, and she doesn't like her work. I mean, all the negative stuff came up. And then she goes, but, you know, maybe maybe she didn't even get the email. Maybe she doesn't have time to write back right now. And maybe (laughs) maybe I should find out. So, you know, and I had a similar situation yesterday where um, 
this is a very strange thing, but there was somebody in my community who is happily married, and I saw him on a dating site, um, his profile, and it was really strange. But I didn't make up immediately that, that he was definitely not happily married or, you know, I, I, there could have been a 100 reasons for him being there. So yeah. I kind of put it in the back of my mind, and then I got a I got a message from somebody else in our community saying she was really upset about it. She saw it too, and you know she thought they were happily married. And what do you think it is? I said, talk to him. I'm really busy right now, but send him a message. Find out. Tell him you saw his profile. Anyway, she didn't have the courage to do it, but I did. And he goes, Oh my God, my stupid teenage son did this to me. I got to pull it down. That was it. <laughs> You know, nothing. He wasn't having an affair. He wasn't a swinger. (laughs) I do think it's about the courage to find out what the story is. And sometimes our lives are so frantic um, that we don't make the time to find out what the story is. And I think finding out more about the story is incredibly important when you're truly, truly talking with someone you care Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, um, and even if you're not close with them, you know, just to talk directly to them instead of around them and behind them and um and make up stuff. So yes. what I what I'd like to focus on now is is the tips about how to have those hard conversations. So I know you have you have several tips that you'd like to share and um and I'd like to get go deeper into those tips so we can actually walk away with some real structure of how to have these conversations. So one of the tips is to be able to value short-term thinking instead of long-term thinking. And what I mean by that is I mean value long-term thinking instead of short-term thinking. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. I flipped that around. Um, so what I mean by that is short-term thinking is – Oh my gosh, I don't know what the other person's going to say. This is incredibly difficult. I think I'm going to bail. I'm not going to do it. It's really hard. And long-term thinking is I want to have an authentic relationship with this person. It's really important to me to have trust. And if I'm going to head towards trust, then I need to think long-term. That's the goal and handle the current discomfort of bringing up the conversation. Um, I'll give you an example from someone I saw this morning, um, which was that there was somebody who asked her to move in, and she looked at me and said, the other person hasn't said, I love you yet, and that gives me pause. And I, I waited, and she said, and yes, I found the courage to talk about that. And that's mm. really what's important is to get the story, to think long-term. Short-term is, oh, my gosh, I don't want to ask that question. It's too uncomfortable. I don't know what they're going to say. And you're scaring yourself and letting fear drive the choices instead of thinking long-term, I, this person is really important to me and it's very crucial for me to stay authentic and real because that's the only way to have a relationship of longevity Mm. yeah I totally agree with you Um, and um, yeah so fear often does drive that force 
that stops us from having those conversations. And, um, you know, I I once read a book called Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I don't know that book. It's more about fierce conversations, and it's it's really about having these these confrontational conversations with people at work and at, in your personal life, and um, and having the courage because she says like the conversations when you don't have them, it's basically a dishonest relationship. And yes. I remember when I when I first started dating. Um, there were men who had been in long-term marriages, had lost their wives, and they said, we never fought. And that <laughs> always gave me pause, right? It's like, that's impossible, that you did not have an honest conversa- you know, an honest relationship if you never disagreed about anything. I mean, it doesn't mean you're all out fighting. You can fight fair. You can fight kindly. But it's really about the fact that you will disagree. Of course, you're living together. You know, it's it's almost impossible Absolutely. for two people it, it, to never disagree. One person is um, stashing their resentments. And I, I think that that is a really important point. Um, and I think people do believe not fighting is a good thing. One of my blog posts it titles that's the most popular is never fighting equals not a good thing. Um, and, of mm-hmm. course, the commentary at the bottom was rather entertaining. Uh, but people going, mm-hmm. oh, yes, it is. Um, but it yep. is about <laughs> admitting somebody's swallowing their truth. Um, if there's never any fighting, then they're swallowing their truth. And stashing resentments, in my mind, is one of the quickest paths to relationship destruction. You have oh, sure. to be able to not swallow um what you're really feeling. Um, And certainly you have to choose your battles. I'm not suggesting that you talk about every single thing that enters your mind. Um, It's kind Mm -hmm. of like parenting adult children. You don't don't (laughs) say everything that you would say when they're younger. Um, But being Mm -hmm. able to not stash resentments and be more authentic when it's important is really one of the crucial things to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well... Let's share another tip. What's another tip that you can share? So if you want to learn to soothe yourself, um, to have difficult conversations, and and I think everybody does need to take very seriously the effort to soothe yourself. It's your job. It's nobody else's job to calm yourself down so that you can do something hard. And the more you practice, the better off you're going to be. So one of the exercises I actually teach people fairly quickly, and everybody can do it right now, and I ask people to close their eyes, though you don't have to when you're actually using this technique. It's just to focus. But if you close your eyes and you breathe in and out through your nose and you focus on the fact that cool air is um, coming in, and warm air is going out. So you're focusing on the temperature difference. That stops your brain from running around squealing with fear because you have to think about cool in and warm out. And, of course, everybody knows 
breathing itself is very calming also for your body and your heart rate and everything else. So being able to, if you're anxious, you're going to have a hard conversation about something and you want to know, you know, does this person when you're dating want to have kids or not or does this person, uh, what their political affiliation is, I thought that might be current to the moment, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever it is that, that is a big thing, then you could do that breathing technique and you can do it with your eyes open which is calming and soothing, and you're making responsibility, and then you put it out there in a way that asks a question, not demands a response. You want to be able to ask in a genuine way because you want to keep that storytelling going. You want them to give you an authentic answer, and I think that that can really help if you can soothe yourself so that you can do this in a kind way. Hmm. That's a really simple technique. I love it. It's. I have a whole thing about how to calm down your tone, like your tone of voice, because we often, if we say, like, is this a good time to talk, you know, and we're just really pissed <laughs> off, so it leaks out of you even though you're not saying yes. angry words. Yeah. So this is a great way to just calm yourself and I agree with you soothing yourself this is something we should teach our children from the time they're babies oh absolutely um, you know? yes yeah self-soothing I mean it's it's when other people expect you to manage their emotions oh my god that's that's a sign to run the opposite direction really fast um, yes that's not a healthy relationship um, okay good so tip number three well, actually, this is number six because I covered a uh, couple of the others in the intro, but I'm sure I can come up with something else. But the okay. last one that I had written down was being able to say, you know, this is hard for me. This is a hard conversation to initiate for me. And I just need you to know, and if you have a specific fear, like I'm going to tell you that I'm uh, – a hippie, and that's just going to turn you off politically. Um, be specific about what you might be afraid of, and what I'm, and then ask for what you want. Follow that up, and I'm hoping that you know, like James Carvel and Mary Maitland, who both ran um, the Republican and Democrat uh, political campaigns in 1992, that and who are now married and still married, which I think is really really wonderful. Um, and I'm hoping that we can be like them if you have a different political persuasion. So you're, you're beginning by owning your fear, and then you're asking for what you want. And I think mm-hmm. that is uh, a great way to start is being real. I'm afraid to bring this up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get much more authentic than that. Yeah, and it takes the heat out of the conversation because you're you're letting the person know that you're vulnerable, and yeah. um, and and so you know I think especially when women are talking to men, this is such an important thing because men really hate to lose, <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and they so you want to set them up to win, and as soon as they hear things like we have to talk, they shut down. Yes, yes, um, yes you're right. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we have to be so careful about setting them up to win. And you know, I I I learned the nonviolent communication technique of of how to identify feelings and needs and your objective and what you want to state. 
And the objective really has to be uncharged with, you know, no emotion, no judgment, no anything. It's just here's what happened. This is what I observed. Um, or this is how I felt about it, you know, and then you go into your feelings and the need that wasn't met. And it's all about you. It's all about what you need and whether the person can help. But but the first thing you really want to do is state your intention. Yeah. And so I'll also tell people, you know, if the intention is to get closer, you know, because you really care about that person, let them know. It's like what you said about the long-term thinking. It's the, the relationship is is special and precious and sacred to you and you want to keep it alive and working yes and so one of the uh, the things i had mentioned earlier is that is a tip from my point of view is the courage to face uncertainty and i wanted to mention a book that i have found to be really helpful um, to my clients that i work with and it's called embracing uncertainty by susan jeffers um, and you often can buy it used pretty cheaply because um, it's been around for quite a while. But she teaches you how to think so that you cope with uncertainty better in your own mind instead of letting fear kind of wipe you out and and it, really destroy your ability to think because, you know, fear is very much about feelings and you want to learn how to think through your feelings. And uncertainty is simply uncertainty. And fear makes uncertainty extraordinary instead of ordinary. And mm. I, I think it's really important to try to keep uncertainty ordinary and then find the courage to face what it is that you need to say to be more authentic. Hmm. I like the uh, fear makes uncertainty ordinary, extraordinary instead of ordinary. That's, that's yeah. a great yeah. thing to remember. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. So I'm going to look that book up. I never heard of it either. Um, it's important to have these resources because um, often people feel alone. They feel like you know they have no skills to deal with these things, that these important conversations, and and it's just crucial to have these conversations. Um, so these are and great. And I think tips. that the conversation begins within yourself, and instead mm-hmm. of swallowing some of the conversations or having it, you know, a lot of my people, they have entire conversations with the people they're dating in their heads. They don't say mm-hmm. it out loud. They they have it internally and go back and forth because, again, that goes back to that control issue of, well, if I have it all inside of myself and I figure what they're gonna, the other person's going to say, then it's going to be okay if I say, um, you know, if I don't say anything, and and mm-hmm. it, it it's it's an exercise in futility in my mind because you're you're playing the parts because you're afraid, but you need to face that uncertainty. You don't know what the other person is going to say. You can imagine it. A lot of times, I'll say to my clients, you know, I have some imagination about this. Would you mm-hmm. like to hear what my imagination is? But I own it as imagination. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, because we make up stuff, like I said before. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, so there's so much assumption made, you know, that this person must mean that and that person must, be, oh, he did this because, and you know, we need to stop. And I even see it with my kids sometimes where they'll talk about their siblings to me and I say, you know what, you're talking to the wrong person. Talk directly to your sibling. Yeah. Find yeah. out yeah. exactly why this happened, right? So then stop the triangulation. And the more you practice that level of directness, the more you practice these things, the easier it gets. It's And you have to face your fears. All the research says that you can't indulge your fears and turn away. The more you practice that directness and asking the harder questions and finding out what's going on, the better off you're going to be for yourself and for the other person and most importantly for the relationship because a relationship really is one of the best parts of life you can get. And But it takes courage. It takes being authentic. It takes learning how to build trust. Um, and it, it takes a lot of things that you, we can all grow and continue to learn and do and practice. Mm, I love it. That's a perfect place to end. And um, there's so much more to say about this topic, obviously, but this is a great snippet of how to have these conversations and also the why, why we have to have these conversations. So thank you so much, Rhoda, for coming on the show. And if you can uh, tell people how they can find you, that'd be great. At therapyideas.net. The podcast is What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't. And I am on Twitter at Rhoda on Couples. Thanks so much for having me, Sandy. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Really great conversation. And best of luck to you. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye.